This B-Podcast Network show is presented by IXL. Loved and trusted by more than 1 million teachers, IXL enhances your teaching and takes work off your plate so you can make an even bigger impact on your students. IXL delivers personalized learning across a comprehensive pre-K-12 curriculum, including math, language arts, science, and social studies, and helps you assess student performance through actionable, real-time insights. Strengthen daily instruction, close knowledge gaps quickly, and set every student up for success. Want to bring IXL to your school? Learn more at IXL.com B-E. That's IXL.com B-E. Hi, I'm David, a school founder and CEO, a mindfulness teacher, and leadership coach. This is a podcast for paradigm shifters just like you, ready to reignite the flames of passion that drew you into education in the first place. You're ready to live and flow, lead with love, and be the fullest version of the change maker you've always dreamed of. Then join me as I break down the mindfulness, leadership, and life teachings that have completely changed my life, while also speaking with guests whose wisdom have inspired new ideas and transformation across the globe. Join me on the journey of becoming a mindful education warrior. Hey, everyone. Welcome to episode 20. I can't believe we've already gotten to 20 episodes with Danielle Newfer. I have a great conversation with Danielle, who believes that well schools will change the world. And we share this belief, and that's why we have a great conversation. She believes that part of this change will happen by educators, school leaders, and school systems prioritizing mindfulness and self-care. So we definitely talk about that. We also discuss what inspired her to start The Teaching Well, which is her company that's dedicated to helping schools increase teacher retention and student outcomes by prioritizing wellness. She's the author of The Path of the Mindful Teacher, which chronicles her own journey of burnout and how she found a mindfulness practice that transformed her from the inside out. So I know that many of us are struggling with burnout and exhaustion and dealing with how do we stay in this profession. So she speaks candidly and personally about her own journey dealing with this and how mindfulness tremendously helped her and changed her life. So I hope you enjoy the episode because Danielle is definitely a mindful education warrior with a powerful perspective on how we can create better schools for all. Thanks, everyone. Hi, Danielle. It's so great to have you here today. Hi, nice to talk with you too, David. I'm really excited to get into our conversation. Whenever we talk before I hit record, I always get more and more excited. So I'm feeling excited with you too. And I would love to just start out by asking you, you know, how did you end up on this mindfulness journey and just kind of take us through that whole story, if you wouldn't mind? Well, um, this journey could go many different ways, but what just popped into my head, which I don't know that I've ever shared before, but my first exposure to mindfulness was my dad being, um, telling me that he needed to practice mindfulness, but he really just wanted to take a nap. And he would, he would always go into a room. And now if he ever listens to this, he said, he'll tell me he really was practicing, but he just wanted to rest his eyes. And he would tell me he was meditating and practicing mindfulness. So my whole life, I grew up thinking that I had a dad that was practicing mindfulness, but he was 
napping, I think. Um, maybe <laughs> once in a while he was doing that, but um, that was the vocabulary. That's how the vocabulary got into my world. Um, but the way I started being um, a practitioner um, and an advocate for mindfulness in all areas of my life, um, I was about five years into teaching and I literally was called into the principal's office. And he said to me, Danielle, something needs to change. Something's going on with you. And and he was right. And he wasn't cruel or mean or, you know, shaming me in any way or shape or form. But I was having a really, really rough time personally and professionally. I was in my mid-20s. It was right before summer vacation. And I knew that if I didn't get my act together, I was probably going to somehow lose my job. And I loved teaching. Um, I'm a 20-year high school English teacher. I just, oh, nice. I just stopped being a formal educator in January 2023. So I taught oh, wow. for years. Um, but that summer, um, I basically knew I needed to change something. Okay. And I was going through a lot of personal issues, you know, mid-20s personal stuff coming in, filtering into your professional life burning the candle at both ends and like everything kind of imploded, exploded, whatever you want to say. And, um, I got really like taken down a few pegs. Um, and I needed to figure out something to help my uh, health and well being. And, um, not to mention there was not a lot of, uh, modeling done in schools of people that really did do a good job caring for themselves. Right? Right. So like externally focused, which is lovely, but it's also, there wasn't anything, anybody showing me that like I could do things differently. Yeah. Um, so for a myriad of reasons, I, I really had a lot of stuff going on. And, and at that moment I knew I needed to change something. And, and at that moment um, I was introduced to a lot of things. One of them being uh, mindfulness meditation And, um, I just like, that was one component of something that just like stuck with me, like just sitting and, um, observing. And like, I just dove into the literature and I dove into like different kinds of practices. And like, you know, I, I just like, I just drank all of these things into my life. Um, and you know, that was one of the biggest things that, helped me through that time in my life. Now there were many other supports, um, but that was the thing that has stuck through this whole journey as my mindfulness practices. At that moment, after those five years, I, you know, I turned things around with the help of a lot of different things. And, um, you know, I ended up in 2014, I love to tell a story, like, you know, what happens as an educator, when you look like you have it together, everybody asks you to like take more stuff on. Oh yeah. That's what happened. So like, you know, you know, when I'm five years in, I look like everything's falling apart and I figure things out and I, you know, I look like I have it all together and people are like, do this, do this. I'm like, yes, awesome. Ego, you know, ego boost. And in 2014, I was ready to go back to school and I I was crumpled up in a corner and saying like, I can't do this anymore. Because Mm. again, I didn't, I was like in a different type of burnout. Like it was a different, and mindfulness again, arrived to, um, to help me through that because I went on a sabbatical. Um, I went on a two semester sabbatical and I started 
actually understanding and diving even more deeply into mindfulness for educators. So not just mindfulness as a tool outside of school, but actually like mindfulness in my classroom and not mindfulness where I'm teaching it to kids, although that's wonderful, but mindfulness, how I can be an embodied teacher and how I can be present with what's actually happening. Um, So all of that to say, um, that's what I do now is I work with educators and I, I take them through their own mindfulness journey. And I tell them like, I've been doing this for like 16 years and it still changes and looks different. And depending on like the, the season of the school year and the season of your life, like it can be a one minute sitting practice. It can be, I need a five minute nap in my car after school, you know, like it can be all of those things. So that's where I'm at now. Um, and I, I, what I love is every school I work with, I'm like, you need to keep doing the stuff because everything always changes, but the practices stay the same. So yes. you're, we're going to get a bunch of new stuff to, to get curious about, you know, as this year starts. Yeah. That is such a great story. And like, you know, you did it, like we were saying, it, it, it didn't take you that long. <laughs> it's very impressive. All the things you've done and, I love, you know, I, when you were first talking, I loved the line, you know, from breakdown to breakthrough. And it felt like that, that at the five-year mark, that was where you had to kind of break down to the breakthrough in the principal's office. And you were looking for some ways to change. And then, you know, having it come back several years later, because I love what you're saying about, you know, it's like it changed, it, it could look differently. It could look differently, but the heart of the practice is the same, right? But it looks differently based on your own inner landscape and what's happening within you and within your life and all that. So beautiful story. And I was a high school history teacher, so I would love to collaborate with people like you. (laughs) We do so much fun stuff. (laughs) Absolutely. And I also loved, you know, the fact that you said there's, there weren't a lot of models for people that are really taking care of themselves. And I don't know if there are today still, maybe there's more than there used to be, Mm -hmm. but that's one of the reasons I wanted to start the podcast and to have the podcast is to start to spread the message. And I love that you're focusing on adults and kids because I find a lot of people are teaching kids mindfulness. Well, not a lot, but more and more people are teaching kids mindfulness. And I'm always curious, like, how are you embodying, like you said, really embodying the practices. So, so cool. And I was sharing with you earlier that I just kind of randomly found you and it was totally meant to be because we're so aligned in so many ways. So I can't wait to ask you the next question, which is really about you know, how can mindfulness act as a tool to support needed change in our school systems? Well, I think it goes along with what I was just saying that educators are so, you know, externally driven and we're such compassionate humans and that's such a gift and such a great thing. But to be perfectly honest, I think it is exploited in so many ways Absolutely. in this, in the system. Yep. And what I'm finding. So when I first started this business, when I first started teaching, well, um, I was adamant that I, I love students. I love students. Um, but I wanted to my, I wanted my business solely to be focused on educators. Like I just, I didn't want to go down that slope of like, I, I just knew that I needed to stay true to this has to be something that is just for teachers. Yeah. Um, or educators in general, not to, you know, like, yeah, educators, like, not the kids. Counselor, yeah. yeah, like all yeah. of that. Absolutely. Um, because I think we bypass 
so much. And then we expect this from our educators to, to do something that they're not equipped to do. And it's not fair to do that. Um, so I, I, I have this, I want to make sure that when I'm teaching mindfulness, that my educators that I work with, I'm not saying to them, like, I'm teaching you to be mindful to put up with this nonsense. No, right. I'm teaching right. you mindfulness so that you start to realize that boundaries are essential, that asking for what you need is not a bad thing. Yeah. That saying no is saying yes to yourself and yes to your students and yes to your community and yes to your family. Yep. Um, and when you say no, things might need to change. So I feel like I start with mindfulness because you can't do the rest of the social emotional learning until you're aware of what's going on. Right. Absolutely. You can't emotion coach if you don't sit with your emotions and you can't emotion coach kids if you can't do that on your own, nor should you be expected to. Absolutely. Yeah. So, so mindfulness to me is like that, like that, in my, in my acronym, well is an acronym and the first, the W is the waking up. Waking up is like, we need to just be aware, like what's going on, you know? Yep. And the E is engaging in the journey, which means like, let's start to actually ask questions about what's going on and like, just get curious. And then the L is the leaning into our strengths. So again, we need to be aware. And then the L, it, the last L is living with compassion. And that's what I want us to do as we go through this process. But it starts with mindfulness. You have to start with being present and that can be uncomfortable. So, yeah. so that, and, and I guess one more thing I would say to that, why I think mindfulness um, can change our systems is because no longer, at least the work that I'm doing I used to work with educators like one-on-one and like did a lot of work um, outside of schools. And yeah. what I am really trying to do, um, because I feel like so many educators think, oh, this is one more thing that I need to do. You know, yes. this is my one thing. I need yes. to take myself, like all this stuff. And what I'm trying to do is, no, I'm working with your school leaders to create a program, to create support for you so that, and then working with the leaders because they know that things need to change. Right. But they don't know how to do it. And I don't blame them. They shouldn't know how to do it. Right. Um, we're all just figuring this stuff out. But I feel like mindfulness is a way for um, all of us to start like having these conversations, starting to, you know, so it's, it's a tool for school leaders. Um, and that's what I really hope, hope to happen is like, we all start to open this dialogue because we're all starting to say like, you know what? I can let my guard down a little bit. I, I like there, we need to have these conversations, but you need to have them in schools. You can't just have them in isolated incidents. That's great. That's a good start. But, right. but I think we're ready for the next step. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I was just, I, my next episode that I did my solo episodes about like what really lights you up. And I was telling people like, just let's pay attention to how you're talking and like how you feel. And I'm watching you talk and I'm like, oh, she's lit up right now. (laughs) I was just like taking notes on what I had said in the last episode. I'm like, oh, she's a perfect example of pay attention to what makes you really excited. And like right now you're getting really excited. So I can tell you're really passionate about it. And so am I. So that's why this is an amazing conversation. And I love what you're saying about 
really, I mean, what I'm hearing you say is that it has to be like a whole school system kind of initiative to really create lasting change because one teacher at a time, like, like we, we know, I know you believe this and you know, you can change one teacher at a time, right? Like you could have one teacher doing deep mindfulness and it just, it becomes a ripple effect across yes. you know multiple teachers at the school. Like that's great. And it sounds like you've been doing that for a long time. And now I think where we've been in the last few years, there's like this tectonic shift that's happened with, to your point around people feeling like, you know, this exploitation, like kind of the teacher martyr and the social worker. And my wife works in nonprofits. It's like these fields, you know, a nurse, like these fields where you just, you're just such an empath and you give mm-hmm. and you, you get exploited because you're, you don't ever take care of anyone. You, you take care of everyone but yourself. Right. And so right. it feels like it's time for, I really like this idea of thinking through the, you know, how do you get the leaders on board and how do you get the whole school? But here's my question. I'm really curious what you've experienced because when I've spoken with other folks that have tried the kind of like, let's have the leaders do it and then get the teachers to, um, you know, get on board is that it becomes this kind of like principal or superintendent or district initiative. And then you have a lot of people kind of folding their arms and like, oh, here we go again, you know, PD or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so I'm just curious how you're, how are you navigating that kind of dilemma? I'm sure you know what I'm talking about. Oh, goodness. I definitely know what you're talking about. So here's what I have found. Um, that the people that go into the schools like me or somebody else that does this type of work, you have to, in my experience, I have had to, this is how I'll put it. I have had to not take myself so seriously. I have had to like, I know I was that teacher. Like, I know that that's going to happen. So I call it out at the beginning of the very first thing that we do. And I'll say, I know that's what you're doing. I know that's why you're sitting back there, but that's okay. Because I'm going to keep showing up. (laughs) Like, we're going to keep working together and I'm going to listen to you and I'm going to give you choices and I'm going to work with your administrators and I'm going to prove that, I, and I don't know what's going to happen for the whole district, but I'm coming in here to do this work for and with you. Yes. And I'm going to give different options and different ways to do that. So, you know, I think that's what, I think that is the biggest thing that I, I knew going in, but I really was like, no, they're not really going to be like that when I get there. And it's like, (laughs) they are. And it's like, kind of like, I need to laugh about it because it's like, it's okay. And you know what? It's been, it's trauma. Like that's, that's real. Like it's real that that is what happens. And, and I will say one thing that, um, I will not do, or I try very hard not to do is to go in just once. Like I will not, I will not go in and do a once and done professional development, unless I go in to somebody that I know and they're like, we want you to come in now. We don't have money to bring you in like full time, but we want to continue it in like next school year. I can work with that, but I do not want to be a part of the once and done. We did wellness because I brought in you on August 27th. No, thank you. So I hope yeah. that answers your question. Oh, no, that's great. No, it was a big question. And, you know, I, as you were speaking, I was thinking about when I launched my school and 
I was like from the beginning, similar to the SEL approach, right? Like I was not going to have the like SEL on the shelf that you do for 10 minutes on Friday. Like it was going to be an ethos of the school. And so my first mm-hmm. thing was like, I'm, we're doing the circle. My friend created this awesome circle, circle program. And it's like based on mindfulness and social emotional learning. And so I'm like, we're doing this program and we're not actually teaching any kids for the first year until we do it with you. So then every single interview was like, are you comfortable? Like literally like having feelings. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm joking, but you know, we are as adults. Right? Like, can you be emotional? Can you tell your kids like, I'm upset right now. Like you have high emotional intelligence. Like, are you comfortable doing this circle with the adults, like sitting in a circle and maybe even crying? Like, are you comfortable with that? And they'll be like, yeah, of course, of course. And they're all like, yeah, we really love your vision. We want to be in your school. And then like when the school year started, even when we thought we had picked the right, you know, aligned people and all that, they were still doing the arms crossed. Like mm-hmm. we don't have time for this. Like, this is crazy. It's a brand new school. Like we don't have time to talk about our feelings and, you know, do a true North meditation. Like we don't have time for any of this, you know? So, mm-hmm. so I can only imagine what it's like to go into, um, you know, to a school that hasn't even really had the leadership really bring it in as a yeah. core part of the school, but, or, and I love the way you approach it, which is I'm going to keep showing up, you know, I'm here to serve you. I'm not going to be the one and done because that's like a whole other conversation about the broken professional development system, like right. on in and teach something and then leave it. Everyone will do it tomorrow. But, right. you know, but I love how you're approaching it. It's just like an open taking, not taking it too seriously in general. That's a great piece of advice for anybody, right? Like we can't take anything too seriously and just be right. playful. And, but like you said, keep showing up and, and show them that and bringing your passion, right. Showing that you have yep. the passion and you're not just kind of standing up there and, doing your thing and just taking your paycheck and walking away. But you're really like, this is what I believe in. This is what I'm passionate about. And, and, you know, do you find that when working with the leaders, like if you can find a leader that's really on board that you'll have more success with the, with this, with the teachers and the other folks in the school? Yeah, I do. I feel like, I feel like there's two types of leaders that I really enjoy working with. And one, of course, I like working with the people that are like, we love it. We do it ourselves. Come in and work with our staff. And we're going to like send out this email and do these things. And like, so that's great. And that is lovely when you can find a leader like that. But I also work with leaders who quite honestly have said to me in not so many words, they've said, I know that this needs to happen, but I don't know what to do. So thank you for being here because you, because, you know, I send, I'll send my leaders that I work with, I'll send them email templates and here, send this out. And like, they send it, you know, so I'm there behind the scenes working with their leaders to say like, here's, here's some things. And then I even build in like meetings throughout my time that I'm there where I'm like, here's what's going on. Here's what I'm hearing. Like, this is, this is some feedback I'm getting. Here's what's going well. You know, so like, because honestly, I mean, who was trained in this? None of us are trained. Yeah, I mean, no, I just exactly. made this up. I made yeah. this up to this mindfulness and education. Like, yeah, we don't, I mean, I, I mean, I didn't make it up, but I'm just like, I know didn't go saying. to school for, for this yeah. um, necessarily. Um, so I think that that, I love working with that kind of leader too, because I think that for so many years, um, teacher leaders or school leaders were, wouldn't have been so vulnerable, you know? Right. 
And not that the person needs to be vulnerable to the staff, but I think it goes a long way with people when you're like, I don't know what I'm doing. You do. Yeah. And like, let's work together. And, and, you know, we can help a lot of people. And then I take things off of their plate that they didn't want in the first place. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, just speaking to the vulnerability in, in general, right? Like whatever role they're playing in the school and how can they, you know, how can they just show up vulnerable and so that people are more interested in the work. And I mean, my belief is that there's, if you could get a leader and, you know, a few core teachers, like really embodying this work that you'll start to see the change. And I know from some of my other guests and my own experience that you do really see that it works and that it changes your life. And so as a result of that, like my dream is that we just have more and more people like you in schools and more leaders that are really open to this, to this so that we're starting to see, because like you were saying earlier, it's like, how do you, how do you really lead a group of kids or lead your staff? If you're not doing the work yourself, like if you're not doing some sort of inner work or some sort of personal development or whatever it may be on yourself, like how do you cope and navigate there's a reason why, what is it? Most teachers don't make it through the first five years. You know, you had your, your kind of breakdown in the first five years. Like it's a really difficult job. So how are we going to navigate all the stress without these tools is really my question. You know, like that's my big question. Right. I don't think you can. I don't think yeah. you can. And I don't think that, uh, and, and, and I don't think teachers should be asked to find these solutions on their own. Right. I yes. don't think that they need to anymore. You know, yeah. when I was, you know, 15 years ago, yeah, I needed to find solutions on my own. It wasn't nearly the way that it is in schools right now. Kids are different. Yeah. Like things are different. There are different skills that you need to have as an educator that I didn't need to have when I graduated from college 20 years ago, you know? Yeah. And like, that's not good or bad. That just is what it is. Like that it's just a different skill set, And for years, I was trying to reach teachers individually, you know, and, and what I finally was just like, you know what? I don't think teachers should have to pay me to do this work. I think, and that they want to great. Right. I think that what I believe in is that it needs to be something in our education system for educators, something needs to change where these are the types of tools that they're getting in addition to like, it's a, it's, it is part of the work. Yeah. And if there's not a time to do it, then when is another time? I mean, after the last three years that people right. have experienced in schools, it's like, this is a time. Well, what I have noticed is that people are more open, you mm -hmm. know, like the funders I talk to and the different kind of people in the ecosystem are a little more open to doing this. Though so on that note, I did talk to one funder who said they actually paid or a program like yours for their schools and their cohort. And mm -hmm. that all the leaders in the cohort are like, yeah, we'd love to have this for our teachers and our staff. And then they signed up for some, I can't remember exactly what program it was. And then the feedback from, you know, the person like you that was doing the program basically said like, nobody's engaging in it at all. Like you just wasted, mm -hmm. you know, a hundred grand or whatever they paid for 50 schools to do this. Mm -hmm. And so then when I asked them, I said, would you be interested in funding some work, like, you know, this type of work. And again, this is only one funder in one space. Like, I'm not saying this is everyone, but this one funder said, yeah, we tried that and nobody did it. And, mm -hmm. but I, I, my, my hypothesis is because they're so stressed and they're so overwhelmed. And to your point, it wasn't a part of the system. So all of a sudden it's this thing on the side where 
you're busy all day and now you have to find this program. You know, what do you think about all that? Well, I think so in my work this past year. Um, and so I think that before 2020, the work I was trying to do was to gain awareness about teacher, uh, uh, self-care, well-being, yep. mindfulness, yep. you know, all those sorts of things. Yeah. What I'm finding that teachers need now is to be able to do those skills while they're teaching so that yes. they can figure out what their students need. So I do think that teachers are craving classroom stuff. Like yes. they want, they want tools and skills to know how, like they want to like get back to the classroom. Yes. You know what I mean? Like, like, yes. so don't, so I guess what I'm saying is I don't know that teachers relax as much like, Oh, I'm going to take you through a guided mindfulness practice. I feel like teachers want, okay, you're going to have me do that, but then tell me how this can help me in my classroom tomorrow. Yes. Like, how do we make this applicable? How do I set up my lesson plans to work with what, what's going on with these kids? Like, you know, so I do think, like, I think that before 2020, my main goal was like how to build in moments in your day and like all that stuff. I think that's yeah. fine. Yeah. But I think people are craving, like, how do I work in this classroom this way? I think this is still mindfulness. This is still yeah. the, the exact same skills we're talking about, but I think it needs to be packaged in a different way so that teachers know, no, this is like for you to be able to talk and, and work with the yeah. kids and the situations that you are seeing in your room. Well, I was going to ask you, okay, well, tell me how you would do that. And then I remembered that you said you had a program, right? It's called the <laughs> Teaching Well Schools. Yeah, right? Teaching, teaching well, schools. well Schools. So yeah. because I was about to say like, well, that sounds great. But because I was thinking, well, you can't add something on, like we talked about having, yep. even the having say, oh, we'll do it at 4.30 after school, you you know, whatever. Like we'll do a program at 4.30 or whatever. It's like, okay, but I have to show up every day after school at 4.30, even online, even on Zoom, that's too much, right? And so, yeah, how, how do you start to do exactly what you just said. Like, I'm assuming your program addresses it. I am trying. So this is this, the way that my program works is that there's three tiers. Um, when, a, when a school signs up for the full program, I have a tier of full staff development. And that is all the staff get, it's almost like they get all the same vocabulary. They get all okay. the same training. They get all the same stuff. Um, that tier I do four, four to six times through the year. And we talk about, mindfulness in general, like that's, that's the first step. The second yeah. is going to be something called flipping your scripts for a calm classroom. So that's all okay. about your reactions, what's going on with that. So like, that's really classroom, like dig. Like deep. they can take that and implement it like right away. Next day. Yeah. Next okay, day. Great. So they're doing body scans with me. They're taking, um, there, we actually go through a not so mindful moment and they pick it apart and they're like, what, what was, what happened there? What was going on with me? So they can like, they're really digging deep into like their classroom and it's really, really pinpointed to like make bringing awareness to that. And then they like go and do some of that work. Um, the other, the next, um, full staff development is on a calm classroom and that's a framework for actually creating, um, a four part 
like lesson plan. So the way that the there's a routine and rhythm to the actual school lesson that they're doing. This calm framework can also be applied to the whole school itself. So, so okay. it's something that they can start to think about. So again, they probably are doing a lot of these things already yeah. in their classes, but this is, this is just making it, Oh, that's mindfulness, Danielle. Yeah. Like that's mindful. Like, so I'm, I'm trying to like get them to see that they are doing those things. And then the final time, the final session is really a, a lot of choice about like, what did you, what did you get out of this so far? Where do you want to go next? And like really checking in with them and then having their administrators bring me on the next year. And that's already been negotiated and talked about that. It's not just, again, going to be this one year thing. Right. So that's what full stacking. And then I do um, eight sessions from October to March, where I'm working with about 15 staff members. And we go through my book, The Path of the Mindful Teacher. I do teacher wellness group coaching with them. So I'm really like digging, like, again, like you said, if you have a school leader and a core group of like 15, you know, um, a certain percentage, you can start to see change. So I'm again, working with them when I'm working with them and things are going well, or, you know, their responses are normally that they're going well, they're starting to talk to their peers. They're starting to say, you know what, this is kind of cool. And then the third component of um, the Teaching Well in Schools program is what I call a TLC, PLC. So what I do is I offer guided mindfulness practices um, that are, you know, I we go through a guided mindfulness practice, but then I share how they can um, take these things into their classroom. So I give them three ways to actually integrate these ideas. Um, those are offered for four eight-week sessions. So they're seasonal. We do a fall TLC, PLC, a winter, a spring, and a summer. Those are open to anybody at any time in the whole school. So it's a very low-risk way for them to jump in at any time and just say, I want to just see what that's like. They can listen to the recordings. They can shut their screen off. Like, so it's supposed to be like very like if I do group, you know, like breakout sessions, like I actually have a session or a room that um, is for people who don't want to talk to anybody else. Like, I just want to, you know, I just need to, I need to rest my eyes. Like my dad yeah. would say, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> whatever, whatever that is. So I tried to, so that's how I'm kind of like meeting everybody. I'm trying to meet everybody yeah. where they're at. Yeah. And I feel like it, it's a, it's comprehensive and, and it, and it, and it's a start, you know? Yeah. Well, I love how, we're sitting here talking about the theory and, you know, how we create change and what it could look like. And then you're like, well, and here's what I do. (laughs) So that's great Mm -hmm. because you're actually backing up the belief systems you have with actually, you know, what you're actually bringing into the schools. And I love that it's so comprehensive and, you know, I hadn't thought about it in this way that you can tell people like, oh, well, mindfulness is like, you know, it's all the time. It's not something you have to do as an add-on. Like it could just be part of your life. And that sounds like that's a uh, you know, a core part of the program, but also making that connection that what they're doing in the classroom. Oh, that's mine. Like, oh, that's mindfulness. I didn't even realize that, you know? And so it's like, it doesn't have to be an add on. It just becomes part of their daily rhythm. And to your point, it's what they're really looking for right now. It's like, we're just, we just need a little bit of a breather and we just need to kind of move forward from this massive um, crazy time that we just experienced. Mm-hmm. But I wanted to just kind of wrap up by asking you what, you know, what else would you like to share? Just, I always ask the like, last couple of questions, like what else do you want to share that maybe we just didn't get a chance to share? And then, you know, just anything you want to share with the listeners. Like if you have a, 
a guide or a website or something you just want to make sure they can um, check out. But yeah, anything you'd love to share that we didn't get a chance to talk about? Hmm, I feel like I was on a roll here. I'm trying to yeah, think of what I didn't are. get to share. Uh, I, I think what I would want to share as an end to this is that although I, I'm really passionate and, and I hope it comes across as like an excited passion, um, yeah, I am completely full of hope. Yes. I am completely full of hope. Um, I, and I'm not like a, a Pollyanna positivity type of person. I am a positive person, but I'm also a realist. Yeah. But I am full of hope because there, this is the time to do this work. And I feel like there are people here like you that are bringing this out that, you know, we're all in different corners of the country. Yeah. And finally, people are listening and extending their hand and saying, yes, like, come in here. Like, yes. like please help us serve, you know, these are students. Like, that's essentially what it is. Well, teachers yeah. will, or well, schools will change the world. Like, that is what needs to happen. Um, so I will continue to have hope. Um, and I'll continue to work with the people who want to work with me because I think it's the same thing when you have that core group of educators, the ripple effect. Um, I think when you have the core group of schools, like people start to notice. Um, so I'm, I'm hopeful. That's what I would like to share. That is so great. So before you share any, you know, any offers you have or whatever, I would love to say I'm full of hope too. And I love that as like the, the, what you want to share in the close, because I do feel like we're in this pivotal moment, which is why I wanted to launch the podcast, because I feel like people are open to whatever at this point, you know, and we, it's no longer kind of like this thing on the side. It still kind of is a thing on the side, but I feel like it's rapidly going to become something that's not a thing on the side anymore. And it's actually part of what we do in schools, you know, is really think about whether you call it mindfulness or not, you know, some people don't like that. Right. It's like, Oh, or my friend who started that program I told you about, he moved from California to Tennessee and he called it true North instead of meditation. So we can play with the language. We can talk about, you know, personal growth or this or that, but the reality of, um, you know, really doing personal work on yourself as an educator to make sure that you're showing up as whole as possible, that you're not wanting to leave the profession, that you're, you know, doing what's best for your kids. Like you said, that's what it's all about. And so I feel really hopeful too. So I'm glad you said that because I feel like okay. we talked about a lot of the problems and all that, mm-hmm. <laughs> but mm-hmm. there's, you're offering a solution and I feel really hopeful too. So any, yeah. anything you'd like to share with the the guests, like a, um, an offer or something that you might want to put out yes. there? I um, would love to, I think it's teachingwell.life forward slash teacher self-care bundle. And I think you're going to put a link to that. Um, I will. Yeah. So, it, so it's four different awesome free resources that oh, cool. teachers can use um, for, it's a lot of classroom stuff, but it's also a daily journal. There's one resource, there's four ways to a 40 hour work week. There's mindfulness practices for your classroom, for you and for your students, like in the midst of a chaotic moment. And there's a teacher self-care, like seven day guide to like dive into, to, you know, cre- and this is a great thing for, you know, any time of the year. Yeah. Um, so there's four great resources there that to get people started. If anybody wants to get in touch with me directly, 
teachingwell.life is where they can find me or danielle at teachingwell.life is a great email address. Um, I'm on LinkedIn and Facebook um, and all those sorts of places. So Danielle teaching well, um, but I would, I would love to connect with school leaders. I'd love to connect with teachers. Um, anybody want to bring me in? Um, I'm starting a referral program soon so I can start to get teachers to really, so we can build a community because I think that is the way to do yes. it instead of picking and choosing like yes. let's all join in together to help each other out. Um, and that's what, where you can find me. Awesome. And I did peruse your website and I was like, wow, she's definitely been doing this for a long time because there's tons of resources, you know, like as someone who's like creating stuff, I'm like, wow, she's been doing this for a while because there's so much, either that or she's like superhuman because there's so many resources up there. So I was impressed. 2016. I've been doing this for seven years, yeah, if not more. I can tell. <laughs> All right. Well, yes, thanks so much, Danielle. It was a great conversation. All right. Thank you, you so much. Thank you so much for listening to the Mindful Education Warrior podcast. I want you to know that every guest and listener is a value part of this co-creation. We're so honored that you listened and we hope that this helped you in some small or big way today. This is a community and a movement and without you, it wouldn't be possible. If you want to learn more about me, you can go to davidkrichards.com where you will find special offers for podcast listening. And as always, if you're moved by an episode, please rate and review the podcast wherever you listen. Finally, our greatest compliment is when you share an episode with someone who you believe will benefit from the message. I'm sending you so much love today and the courage to really be the mindful warrior within you. Thank you. Do you want to save time on prep work, increase student achievement for all of your students, reliably meet tier one standards? You can do it all, but don't waste another minute. Head straight to IXL.com B to learn how IXL's research proven teaching and learning platform can help you achieve these goals. That's IXL.com B E.